Hello and welcome back to the Fear Free Childbirth Podcast. This is me, your host, Alexia Leachman. Thank you so much for joining me today. Well, here we are in season three of the podcast. And to be honest, I never thought I'd be saying that because when I first started the podcast, my plan was only ever to do one season. I basically started this podcast as a little maternity side project. uh, And I didn't think that I would be now spending my time and my work doing what I do today. So yeah, it's a bit of a weird one for me, to be honest. But I thought I might start season three by just sort of reintroducing myself because a lot has changed since I started this podcast. And the last time that I would have introduced myself was probably in episode one, which was, my goodness, such a long time ago. And a lot has changed since then. So yeah, when I did episode one, I was basically on maternity leave and breastfeeding probably because my little one was a few months old and I had you know I was basically thinking well I'm going to go back to my other my business which I had a business at the time I was a business coach and a therapist trainer in the head trash clearance method and my my business head trash which you can still see at headtrash.co.uk that you know I was doing trainings in corporate I was working with business owners and that's what I was doing and I you know I just did this pregnancy thing and, and I used the head trash clearance method to clear all my new fears that had popped up for my second pregnancy and uh, and yeah that's when I was going to go back to that business and I thought I'll just share what I've learned quickly on this little podcast and little did I know that that the information that I was sharing was so needed or that that was that people wanted to hear it and it was became very apparent to me quite quickly when I was getting besieged by emails from all over the world from people saying hey this is really helping me and this is really helping me prepare for my birth and and when I saw the stats going a little bit crazy I realized that maybe I should take this a little bit more seriously and I shouldn't go back to my other business and I should maybe do something with this instead. And and so, yeah, so I was a bit confused for a while, I had to say, because I was sort of torn between, you know, going back to a business that was, you know, paying me very well and, and doing very well and very well established and starting this new thing, which is all about pregnancy and birth. So, um, yeah, so those of you that have been following me for a while might have sort of observed me looking a little bit confused and, and not, you know, tend to take tentative steps forward. But anyway, I made the decision. I thought, right, this is what I'm going to do. And so here I am today and I my time is entirely focused on helping to take the fear out of birth. So if you're pregnant and fearful, then, you know, I can help you to clear your fears and have that positive birth, whether you've had a previous trauma that is affecting you or if you're tocophobic or and you're not pregnant yet, it doesn't really matter. If there's anything that's standing between you and your positive pregnancy and birth experience, then I can help you to clear it. And, and I do that kind of work one-to-one or you can sign up to any of my online programs or use my fear clearing audios. It's all there on the website, on the Fear Free Childbirth website for you to use whatever is works within your budget and how you like to do this kind of work. And I also work with birth professionals and I work with them to overcome their fears and traumas because, you know, it's not just pregnant mamas that have fears, right? It's also the people that work in birth that maybe have observed difficult birth scenarios and they have, or they've got their own birth fears that they, they kind of still carry within them. So I also work with birth professionals. So if that's you, you know, if you're a doula or a midwife or somebody else that works with, I'm here to support you too. So anyway, so I just thought it might be worth sharing a little bit about, you know, reintroduce myself and say, hey, this is me um, for those that, uh, well, for anybody really, because I realise that a lot has changed in terms of what I'm doing and how I do my work since I started the podcast. Anyway, since the last, well, since season two, I've been pretty busy behind the scenes doing 
all sorts of stuff in terms of fulfilling what is my new mission now, which is taking the fear out of birth. So listen out. If you are tocophobic and you are looking for extra support, there's stuff that I've got to share with you over the next few weeks. And if you're a birth professional who's also committed to reducing the fear that exists around birth, and I've got some exciting stuff to share with you too. Now, for those of you that listen to the podcast regularly, or at least have gone back over all the old episodes, you'll know that there are many episodes that come with extra goodies that you can download from the Fear Free Childbirth site. So I'm talking about things like the due date cheat sheet that enables you to find a more realistic due date based on scientific research, or perhaps you're keen to track down the free hypnobirthing track and script that I give away or there's also lots of checklists, packing lists and intervention summaries, all that kind of stuff. Now up until now it's been a bit of a faff to say the least for you to get hold of all that stuff from the site because it's all listed with the actual episode where it com- with it, that it comes with. So if you wanted to get hold of it all, you'd have to go to each of the indiv- individual pages for those episodes to download it, which is a right old faff, right? So I've made this super, super easy. What I've now done is that if you now sign up to one of the free downloads from a past episode, is you'll receive your own login details to a new member area for the Fear Free Childbirth site. Yes, there is now a free uh, members area for Fear Free Childbirth podcast listeners. Now in that free members area, you will be able to access all of the podcast resources in one easy place, which means if you want any of those free downloads that you can get, you just have to sign up for your login details and then you log in and they're all there in one place. Really, really easy for you to find. And also what I've done is rearranged all the podcast episodes so you can find the ones that you need by topic rather than having to get everything by chronological order. So this means that you should be able to access what you want much more easily. But there's also loads of extra stuff in there for you too. So there's going to be, and there's going to be new stuff that I'm going to be adding all the time. So I'm going to be adding things like bonus podcast episodes, also additional little mini series that won't be coming out onto the main podcast that will explore more niche topics that, you know, not everybody experiences. So for example, uh, expecting multiples or um, experiencing certain health things during pregnancy. So things that aren't sort of part of the wider pregnancy experience, but certainly things that women definitely want information on that may be quite hard to track down. So I'm going to be looking at all that kind of stuff. And that is going to be within the member area. And there's also going to be sort of additional stuff to help you on the fear clearance and also on the mindset stuff to help you to boost your birth confidence. So there's going to be loads more stuff within that member area that I'm going to be adding to all the time. So once you have got your login details, it's going to be well worth you coming back in and checking in on any of the new stuff that gets added. Now, if you want to join the Fear Free Childbirth Members Area, all you need to do is this. You need to text my name, which is Alexia, to 444-999. And that is if you're in the US. If you're a US listener, you text my name, A-L-E-X-I-A, to 444-999. Isn't that easy to remember? I've literally been working so hard to make this as easy as possible for you. If you're not in the US, then you can simply join by going to the Fear Free Childbirth dot com website and you can join the community and you will get all your login details immediately via email in the normal way. So I hope that's going to make your life much easier. It's certainly hopefully going to make mine easier because, well, the back end part of my website was confusing me to say the least. So it's probably confusing you too. So I have to, can only apologise for that. Um, but we are where we are. So hopefully that is going to help you. Anyway, back to today's episode. Let me tell you what today's episode is going to be all about. Now, I did do a last minute change to the episode that's coming out this week. And the reason I've done that is because of some really awful news that's been announced this week here in the UK. 
This week, the announcement has been made that the Nursing and Midwifery Council has announced that the insurance that independent midwives use that enable them to go out and care for women is no longer valid, which basically puts women at risk and means that independent midwives now can no longer work or do anything that they do in terms of supporting women, which is just awful. I mean, if you imagine that suddenly private dentists everywhere were told, no, you're not, your insurance doesn't work anymore. Sorry, you've got to stop. There would be an absolute uproar. Well, basically, this is what's happened here in the UK. So in the UK, we have the NHS, which is our national health service, and you can access free care on delivery, which means we have access to midwives under the NHS. But they are crippled. The the system is falling to bits. There isn't the level of care and support that that a lot of women need. And some women have more needs in terms of the emotional need. You know, some women that have had maybe a previous traumatic birth or just want a level of care that is not available under our national service. Women like that use an independent midwife. And an independent midwife is fantastic because she will be there throughout the whole of your pregnancy. She will be there for your birth and then she will help you postnatally and she can support you in so many more ways than than you can get when you use a, 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 an NHS midwife because there's more time available. And so basically these wonderful women that are supporting women who need them suddenly cannot work anymore. They've basically been told, your insurance isn't valid, you can't use it. But they haven't offered another insurance say hey we'll use these guys instead you know it literally is just bang and it was announced just before Christmas where you know nothing you can't sort anything out of the Christmas period can you so really we're sort of in the UK these are very very dark times for women's rights where we you know for me you'll know from listening to the podcast that the birth experience needs to protected needs to be protected fiercely it's a very very important moment the woman needs to feel safe she needs to feel secure that she can really surrender to her body and be surrounded by people that she trusts so that the birth goes as smoothly as possible Now, if you're not able to be surrounded by people that you trust or you have any worries or concerns, then that is jeopardising that birth experience and the safety and how that is going to unfold and the impact of that on families, on the baby, on the mother, on her her mental health following the birth. You know, a woman that has a difficult birth is going to have more challenges than a woman who has a positive birth. And so suddenly those women that are seeking that extra level of care here in the UK are not going to be able to get it. And that makes me personally very, very angry. And there's a lot of people here. So for those of you that aren't in the UK, and I know a lot of my listeners aren't in the UK, then I would urge you to join us and support us here in trying to bring about change to rectify this, because it just is not right. And we need all the support we can. But to really help to sway you and to show you how amazing midwives are and particularly independent variety, I have got an amazing interview to share with you today with Nikki Grace, who is an independent midwife. And I know Nikki from a local home birth group that I attended that when I was thinking about having my home birth and she started the local home birth group up, the Nottingham home birth group. And so you know, I really wanted to get her on the podcast anyway. And so I've basically moved her interview right to the front of the queue based on the news that we've had here in the UK, because I really feel that 
independent midwives need as much support as they can get. And we need to really raise awareness of the work that they do, the level of work that they do, the level of care that they offer, and to try and give them as much support as we can so we can try and reverse this decision. So I'm not one for getting all campaigny. Well, I am occasionally. Yes, I did do that one born every minute petition. But really, this is something that really is a, a very, very I, I, you know, it's very important. So I'm going to share some links in the podcast show notes that gives you a little bit more information about the decision that's been made here in the UK so that those that aren't in the UK can have a little bit more of an understanding of it. And so and if you are a UK listener, then please, you know, if there's anything that you can do to help support Raise Awareness, spread things on Facebook, then I would be really, really appreciative, as I'm sure women around the UK and independent midwives would be too. There are some heartbreaking stories at the moment about women that have been spending, you know, preparing for their birth with their independent midwife over the whole of their pregnancy. And suddenly this has been announced and they're facing having to birth without their midwife. And if their midwife is present, then she is going to be struck off and she won't be insured. And so these women are seriously considering free birthing, which means having uh, birthing your baby without having midwifery support because they don't want the, the, the NHS midwife. So this is really raising up lots of very delicate issues and certainly really flagging up safety issues as well. So it is a very complex issue and certainly needs the support from anybody we can. Anyway, that's enough. I'm now going to hand over to the chat that I had with Nikki Race. It really is just a wonderful, all-encompassing conversation that dances around many topics around birth. We talk about home birth. We talk about the what a midwife is, what the essence of a midwife is. I mean, there's just so much there that it really is a joyful conversation. I really hope you enjoy it. Well, hello, Nikki. Welcome to the Fear Free Childbirth podcast. Thank you for joining me today. Oh, hi, Alexia. Thank you very much for, for asking me. I'm delighted to be on. Now, we know each other through the Nottingham Home Birth Group. I think I'm gradually interviewing everybody in the Home Birth Group. <laughs> <laughs> How wonderful. Yeah, we do indeed. Yes, I Yes, remember. I've had quite a few well, mo- from... mothers, haven't I, coming on you sharing have, their stories. Yeah, that's fantastic. So, um, but you are the person that started the Home Birth Group, aren't you? Is that right? Well, I'm one of the people, yes. I was... I was with my friend Andrea, Andrea Lee and I, uh, and she, we, we actually run it at the Steiner School, the local Steiner School in Nottingham, and her kids were there, so that was why it started off there. But it's been going for about eight or nine years now. It was really informal when we first set it up. I mean, it's all, it's still informal, but it was basically people just meeting, mingling, having, you know, a cup of tea, and then we gradually moved to this arrangement where we have a sort of circle and sharing time in a circle where people share their birth stories. Mm. And it's so powerful, isn't it? When we hear those stories. So uh, that's what, that's how it works. It seems to work in that format now. And we, we always have a, a, uh, uh, the early part of the meeting where people are just chatting and getting to know each other I think that's really important as well mm. and then there's a slightly you know we just have this circle area where people share their birth stories yeah. and uh, everybody seems to really love that and, and value that oh it is so powerful I get you know women listening saying how much they love listening to the positive birth stories that I share on the podcast because it's just so powerful hearing a woman sharing her birth story. I mean, it's one thing to read an account of it, but to actually hear her. And in, in the birth groups, you actually see them talking about it when it, birth is such a magical, momentous event that nothing quite beats hearing a woman sharing her story. So, yeah, it's so powerful. Well, exactly. And it, it, I mean, it works both ways, really, because um, we have obviously 
part of well probably the main motivation for having home birth group is is to do with you know the idea that home birth is a real option for people it is it might not be the right decision for everyone but it is probably an option for many more people who currently than who currently consider it as an option so we're really into you know presenting home birth as a you know as a realistic uh, choice for women mm-hmm. but also we get some women as you know we get many people who've had tr- previous trauma and they're coming along and needing to share those stories in a safe space and and this t- ties in with your the kind of work you're doing it's part of that isn't it where you mm. get a support network and um and th- so i'm very keen to say to people we hear loads of really positive stories and uh, but the but the story you tell it's really important that they can feel they can be honest and they can share from the heart and share what has really happened and that is actually then they can move on and heal mm. yeah i love it now let's just learn a little bit more about you nikki before we talk about what we're going to talk about today because yeah just tell us about you know what do you do why did you set up the home birth group what is it that you do well yes i'm an independent midwife uh i started my midwifery training in 97 but i i suppose it goes back a lot further than that to when i had my first baby and that was in 1986 hey i don't know if you've been listening to uh radio four though it's 70 years of the National Childbirth Trust anniversary this week. Yeah, somebody tweeted me, uh, sent me a message yesterday. Go listen to Radio Four. Uh, yeah, you need yeah. to listen. And I, I was uh, yeah at a conference, so I couldn't hear. But I'm going to listen to it on listen. Yeah, again. listen again because I, I I just caught it in the car this morning, and it was, and there was this uh, you know an item from 1986, and it was a you know an historical item. <laughs> <laughs> that's when that's when I was giving birth to my first baby and you know the home birth group was at an all-time home birth uh, numbers were an all-time low then and what happened is I went to my local library libraries are just great aren't they (laughs) Um, and uh, the books that were in there were Michelle O'Don Birth Reborn and and the home birth handbook (laughs) I think there was a Miriam Stoppard book as well so you know, when you go somewhere and you read, and those are the books you read, and that's how birth can be. It was so different to to what was being presented to me when I went to the antenatal clinic. Mm. That uh, that gave me the idea. I actually I want a home birth. It was really unusual in those days. I got struck off by my GP because <laughs> they had to support you in those days. It was uh, in, God. It really does sound like the the, the olden days isn't it um but the gp but i found an, another gp who supported me and it really was a bit call the midwife the midwives came round with their hats on and their frills on their you <laughs> you're, know, really, you're really making it sound everything. like it's really long time ago i know it's only 1986 <laughs> yeah. but it does feel like wow. it has changed how interesting you know? Yeah, I know. Well, that's how I felt. I felt it was it was funny hearing it as an historical thing this morning. That I, you know, they so had some. Were you a midwife back then? Oh or... no, no, no. That was I was a youngster. You know, <laughs> having a baby at twenty one and single parent, <laughs> all that sort of thing. But that was how I got. I suppose that was my first encounter with the world of birth and doing things a bit differently as well mm. because it was very very unusual in 1986 to have your first baby at home mm. and uh, and I just I don't know why I just never fitted into that those institutions and then I mean a lot of years went by I didn't actually 
train until I was 29. So I came to it as a mature student and uh, I'd already got two children. So did, were you an independent midwife from the beginning or did you start within the NHS? Well, no, I trained in the normal way and I trained here in Nottingham at the University of Nottingham and um, then I actually worked for the NHS for six years. Um, so I did. And I think that experience was very valuable to me. I worked first in the hospital, then I did work in the community, loved many aspects of it. But again, there was just always that aspect of me that doesn't quite fit into an institution. Mm. And so a couple of friends went independent in 2006 and I so we set up our own practice basically which is for people who don't know that is basically it's being private it's a private midwifery service so um, in in the UK the NHS offers a free at the point of delivery service health service obviously Um, but my clients do have to pay you know so it's kind of an interesting thing that there is a free service available and yet people still feel the need to have something that they can't get within the NHS. Mm. So what do you think are the main factors that make them want to kind of pay for somebody independent of the NHS here in the UK? Uh, There are a range of factors. Uh, I would say probably half have had previous trauma. Um, So they've had a birth in hospital or possibly they've had an attempted home birth that's transferred to hospital and found that they for whatever reason they didn't feel that their needs and wishes were met mm. within that service and it's often not to do with the you know the actual people who attended them but it's more to do with fitting into a system and mm. you hear words like factory like system or people feeling i mean you know even even more kind of distressing kind mm. of ideas really that people are feeling they're not being looked at as a as an individual mm. and of course so people with previous trauma some people just again just want more individualized midwifery care I mean what I offer is one-to-one care throughout the antenatal period then I attend them for the birth and then and, and then postnatally mm. so we get a chance to develop a relationship and I think a lot of women find that so valuable when they're giving birth that they do know the person who is going to be with them Mm. and they've developed a relationship of trust they know I'm not going to start trying to make them do anything or you know rightly or wrongly that we do have that impression that that there are guidelines that must be followed and these are the things that need to be done during a birth and actually they're guidelines they should be Things should be offered to women, um, and I do feel I have a little bit more freedom in that respect as I'm, as I'm, as I'm. I work for myself, you know, run my own business. So, uh. so just I think what might be really interesting for some of my listeners to hear is what you know. What's the essence of midwifery? The the root of midwifery. Because I think you know some people's experience of midwifery might have kind of veered a little bit off that. What the the mm. essence is, and, and we, you know, you you, you organise the. Uh, arm conference which is the association of radical midwives recently mm. and, that, and that was really interesting for me to attend because it, it really hinted at this idea of radical and, and I thought oh radical mm-hmm. and said, like, what does radical mean <laughs> I thought that was a bit of a strange word but but actually it was it was really hinting to the root of midwifery so I think it'd be really good to just for you to just elaborate on that a little bit so that women listening have a sense of what they can expect 
from their midwives and certainly those that sign up to be midwives what the reason they're doing it and how they might be molded by the system and, and stop doing that yeah. in time yeah but to touch yeah. on what that essence of midwifery is what, what would that be for you oh gosh that is a big question isn't it that's a really fascinating uh train of thought really it, i mean the idea of the radical midwife as you say it's back to the roots and it's it's to do with um, what is what is a midwife it's to do with relationship it's to do with for me it's about being with a woman so that you know that that concept of being with woman not doing things to a woman but wor- working in partnership with her to empower her or that she becomes empowered not that I'm necessarily doing it but I'm walking alongside her a presence, so that concept of presence as well, mm. where people feel there's an engaged, you know, presence with them, um, not necessarily, again, doing anything, but there's also a concept of holding the space, which I th- I'm not, sh- you know, I used to use that phrase a lot. I think now it, I feel it's more walking alongside. Mm. But there can certainly be an aspect of holding space for women as well. Um, so basically the essence of midwifery is being with woman. And that can mean different things for different women. It, it's to do with presence. I, I do believe there's skills involved in midwifery as well, which are more things, clinical skills. Because that maybe is the difference between having an unattended birth and having a birth attended by a midwife the midwife is you know a big part of the role is is to do with encouragement and allowing her birth to unfold in the way that nature intends but if if there are complications I do have those skills I I like to think that I have skills and I have, have trained that I can manage complications, um, the rare complications that arise. Um, we know what to do, you know, we, mm. and we know if we need to refer to somebody else. Um, and there are occasions when interventions are necessary in birth, uh, you know, and I think they're quite rare. But mm. when they do happen, then thank goodness we have got the people that can deal with them. Mm. So it's, I don't know if I've told you the essence of midwifery, being with woman, that's yes, <laughs> being with woman. It's just so many so many other aspects i know and it just you know it just feels like such a big um thing to kind of be with woman when you think you you've got to be there to help her to help her to unfold and empower in a way that's going to be empowering for her and the birth that she wants and the birth that feels right for her and her baby and her family and depending on what her faith might be or her desires or how she's prepared i mean there's just so much there you know when I just even I haven't scratched the surface with just what I've said already but there's so much more to it it just feels like the role of a midwife can expand so much and actually does require so many skills that in that moment that some are so very difficult to pinpoint really the soft skills are those kind of really delicate um, and, and think feminine skills. I think the listening, the, yeah. the ability to listen, the ability to make somebody else feel safe and encouraged and and handhelded, is it, or if that was a word, you know, I mean, that yeah. feels like um, stuff that's very, very hard to learn at college. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Compared to maybe the more clinical stuff, which is, you know, very kind of specific and things. And it feels like such a widely encompassing role that I, you know, I just want to publicly say I've got a huge honour for midwives. They're just amazing, massively. They just don't get enough 
high fives in public do you know what I mean that's, <laughs> don't want to put it down in a, do you know what I mean you get a few I think, <laughs> I think we do get quite, no I mean it is it's a very varied role mm. um, I mean I think there's elements of both that are innate and also I think you can learn and improve your skills in any, in all the areas as well you know I mm. think I think some people do have a a natural gift for even the even the physical side of it the touch you know mm. you can it, you need a sensitive touch really mm. which to to actually be a good clinician it's not just about being you know obviously the woman wants you to be sensitive and gentle but the more sensitive you are the more you know I'm doing with my hands now which uh, Alexi can see but the <laughs> listeners can't see because you know that kind of if you're helping a woman to work out say the position of the baby I mean I just think I think actually so 20 years ago when I started maybe didn't that was a palpation, they call it. That's a skill, you know, the woman is part of what we do in antenatal uh, care. But the more I do that, the more I kind of think, wow, that is just, it's an intimate thing. You're mm. touching the woman's belly and you're helping, you're working together to work out how this baby is. And it can be, you know, my clients love that bit. Mm. And it's it's just, it, it, it in some ways that isn't in a guide. You know, there might be an aspect where you're thinking about preparing for the birth. Um, how is the baby lying? And it, it can, you know, help build the picture. But there's, other, there's something more intangible about that, where you're working with a woman and it's about connecting with the baby. And mm. and and we and I love that. And we get the little children involved and the siblings will have a... You know, have sort of talking to the baby and working out where its feet are, and maybe having a listen through the. I've got this amazing thing called a fetoscope, where it's not a. It's really low tech. It's just like a stethoscope, and they can hear mm. the baby's heart through it. Mm. Oh, I remember. I remember when I heard my baby's heart when I went for my midwifery appointments. I loved that. Just the little hearts, really, like going really. They, they go quite fast, don't they? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're about twice the speed of an adult yeah it's just a very very precious those mm. so build so it's not just the birth is it for midwives it's and for the woman as well i think in your other one of your other podcasts you were talking about the process going through pregnancy is a transformative process for everyone whether you're conscious of it or not isn't it really mm. um but it's just so it's the work you're try, doing is is kind of trying to make that process more conscious and, mm. and help women to see see that transformative uh, power that's that's going on whether you know and, and kind of help help that so do you find that the women that come to you do, do they seek that kind of support from you in terms of helping them with that transformation mm. Mm. my clients do actually i suppose that's again if you were kind of person i mean many women are I don't think anybody really wants to go along and just have a 10 minute appointment, do they? But many women are not really maybe maybe wanting to, to, to do this sort of exploration. But a lot of my clients are. And then we can I think that's great. You know, we can walk on that path together where they're perhaps releasing things from the past, whether that's a previous birth or maybe it's just in life, you know, mm. things that happened. Um, and then they. So we're walking along on that journey. I often think of it as a journey. It's a journey, isn't it? It's a yeah. life, part of life, the life journey. 
It's a huge journey, really, when, especially for first-time mums that are kind of are going to become a mother, and it kind of brings up a lot of motherhood mm-hmm. and what mother means. You know, mother's such a loaded word. You know, you can't say the word mother to a room full of people without getting a whole range of responses in people, whether their mother was the most adoring woman that they worshipped or whether she wasn't. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and what that means, what the word mother means to people and, and what their journey to motherhood might mean to them and whether they think they're capable of it or not capable of it or... All and there's so much in there. I know that when I work with women in terms of the helping them to release the fears in preparation for birth, a lot of fears for some are certainly around fear of being a mother and will I be any good and Mm. and or not having a mother of my own to help support me and who am I going to turn to to help you know to help me on that journey. And the birth is the least of their worries. It's what's come straight after the birth that they're worried about, you know. And so yeah, yeah. It's, it's, there's a whole range of stuff going on for women in that, in that period. And I think those that are open and, and are listening to that and can be much better prepared overall than those that maybe tuck it away and try and ignore it, you know. And there are some that do that. I, I, I actually agree. As I say, I think the transformation happens anyway. And the more, and if you're sort of suppressing those those aspects of it then perhaps you're going to find it harder in the long run it might seem easier because you're not having to do that kind of emotional work as you're going along but actually the the, the things pop up don't they and uh, you know you can't really suppress and repress everything it does it does appear in um and i i tend to think actually I don't know, but it it can manifest in the birth. Mm. If and if you've dealt with some of these things in the pregnancy, um, the birth can be uh, easier. Well, I mean, I, you know, you, I know that's that's your view as well. <laughs> you know, but we are embodied beings, aren't we? So what happens in the body you can't separate that from the mind mm. and the emotion. So yeah, my practice as a midwife is very holistic I think I I mean I'm not really you know I'm not a therapist I don't claim to be a therapist but I I think it's I think it's good to to just acknowledge the emotional aspects and the psychological aspects of this journey Mm. um but yeah midwife you're making me think actually a midwife (laughs) is it's kind of it's a lot of aspects to the role and that's why it's so fascinating though because every woman is so different yeah are they all the more you do it, the more you realise, oh my goodness, there's just not one woman that is, and you know, they're, they're all so different and every client I learn something new from and, mm. and that, that that is as true today as it was 20 years ago and probably even truer because I, oh, and I love babies and I probably even, you know, it's like a baby coming into the world and they're a perfect, innocent, precious new life let's yeah. try and make that entry to the world as gentle and positive as we can you know for them because it's one yeah. of the biggest day it must be the biggest day of our lives in a way but we just yeah. because we can't remember it with you know with words it it, yeah. it, it it's it is an important part of our of, of our life isn't it how mm. we're born yeah absolutely there's a lot of research backing that up mm. now about how our arrival into this world is is so important how if it isn't the most positive it can be how it can have repercussions on us in life and it's such a fascinating area of research but I I wanted to ask you this about birth because I ever since I've kind of overcome my own crap on birth and all my own fears and and I realized I had my own traumatic birth that's impacting on my own tocophobia that I had 
But now I've kind of got through that. And whenever I watch a birth, let's say it's a home birth on YouTube or a water birth, mm. I just get all the photographs that you see in our Facebook feeds, mm. you know. I just cannot help but have a tear come to my eye and be moved because it's such a yeah. beautiful moment. And I just wonder whether, do you, does that still happen to you as a midwife? Do you still oh. get moved in those moments? Oh. More and more. <laughs> really? Well, I know it's so, because when, you, when you're, um, learning and I'm talking about the clinical skills you're you're very focused on that actually I mean it's it I mean I've always tried to be a gentle presence hopefully and and not kind of a fearful presence hopefully because I think that's very catching as well but I suppose we're we're very focused so we're watching the baby you know and there's always I don't know that focus of what what could happen you know and, and we have a sort of range of tools at our disposal in terms of skills but uh, the more experienced you get I think yeah I that focus is still there but the again the emotional aspects um are just yeah they they're stronger than ever shall we say <laughs> I, don't, I don't tend to cry at the actual birth <laughs> but I, I remember quite recently I see a lot of water births which I love water births obviously but I saw a, I saw a baby being born it's quite unusual nowadays to see one that isn't in the water um, and we were trying to fill the pool it was all you know it was um, poor dad was uh, desperately trying to fill this pool it was this huge bathroom and they were in the bathroom and this baby wasn't waiting for the pool <laughs> what sounds like my birth that one oh does it <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> no, I, I was like, kept saying, have you got the water ready? He's like, filling it up, filling it up. Is the temperature ready? No, 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 yeah, just get the temperature ready. And out she shot, like, like not wait for the pool. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly, exactly it. So he wasn't even there. Like, he was busy in the kitchen and I'm in the lounge, like, waiting for the pool. Oh, and, and... oh we were at least with... <laughs> but I did feel for the... Because it's kind of pressure for them. That yeah. Getting quite stressed over getting the pool. But, but this... You know, what woman was kneeling, kneeling, and the baby, baby, and the, the just the preciousness of it, Alexia, the preciousness of that little head just coming out. It just, oh. yeah, it really, I could fill up thinking about that. Yeah. Actually, it was yeah. really touching, and then to see the beauty of of that moment where she meets the baby for the first time, and they meet each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah you can hear it. I, no, no, I, I'm, I'm going already. <laughs> like, yeah, no, it is. You're meeting, like, your kids, you're going to love these people more than anybody in the whole wide world, and this is the first time you're meeting them. It is an amazing moment to prepare for, you know? Yeah, it really, really is. really is, and, it, and that emotion that we're both... <laughs> we're just soppy aren't we? <laughs> we are soppy but you know it's 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 the, the stuff of life yeah it's the stuff of life it doesn't get better than that does mm. it that's the, such a precious moment so I feel like it's really worth the work you know because it's hard work for a for, for guy anybody that's involved with birth <laughs> it's, it's like a you know there are always political challenges and we're mm. we're facing a lot of challenges and, and women do as well. I think as well, I, I'm really into the idea of women preparing for birth and thinking, because um, we've got a bit of a a thing of not preparing and that somehow you should just be able to do it. Actually, it's worth putting some preparation in for yeah. that, for those moments, because they are precious. And actually, you can have an empowered, precious birth. It doesn't have to be this, you know, 
uh, it might be that there are medical things that mean that it's appropriate to have some more intervention in a hospital mm. setting. And that can still be that precious and that empowered. Yeah. It just means it just means that you, the woman is, if she's a, a proper partner in all the decision making, yeah. then it doesn't actually matter in the sense of, I think the setting does matter as long as it's the woman's choice and that yeah. she's met. And like, I'm glad you've said that because the one thing that I'm I, I just interviewed somebody last week who's sharing a mum sharing a positive birth story and she prepared using all the stuff that I share and, and my uh, my fear clearance method she used that throughout the whole of her pregnancy and her birth as it unfolded all her worst fears started coming true like breech birth c-section emergency <laughs> c-section yeah, and she just yeah. found herself in this moment where she suddenly realised that actually this is this is a positive thing. This is going to be good. This this can help a baby. And she took she took the power back and made the decision. Decided how it was going to be. Decided on how the C section was going to unfold and what she wanted there. And she reclaimed the power. It didn't, she didn't feel like she was being done stuff too. Yeah, she took it back. Exactly. And and she you know she said at the end it's the most positive empowering experience of my life. And it was really interesting. She wrote to me saying, I'd love to share my story. And then she said, oh, you know, it's an emergency C-section. I was like, OK, I'm really interested how this emergency C-section was a really positive, empowering experience for you. Because you just yeah. don't hear that. Yeah. You know, that's so yeah. such a rare story. And then she told me all about it. And it's like, wow. And when she was telling me her story, honestly, you'll be able to hear it on the podcast when it comes out. My voice definitely starts shaking because <laughs> that moment of her meeting her little one was, again, so precious that it's just wonderful so yeah so yeah. for those listeners listen listen out for grace's story when it comes out because it's just oh. an amazing story oh well i look forward to that yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. i really love that that because it's you know we don't want you, you know you have got this kind of idea i think it's more in the press than anything that that with a natural childbirth people are you know anything other than a natural childbirth isn't isn't worth having i mean that's absolute rubbish you know we're not we're, i am into natural childbirth yes if that's the because why complicate it if it doesn't need to be complicated let's just keep it as simple as we can but where there are genuine issues then i thank goodness that we have got the medical intervention available for us and that can also be as your your um grace has said yeah. what a fantastic thing that if there is a genuine complication that we that we have the option to to, mm. to 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 have that and for me i think it's about preparing the woman so that that she can have that positive empowering experience whatever the outcome yes, exactly. not only if you end up pulling off the the, the beautiful water birth with candlelight because no, <laughs> yeah, if yeah. you don't get that then you're going to feel gutted you know it's not about that it's not about what actually happens it's about how you feel about what happens and if you can respond to what's happening in a positive way and take yeah. it in your stride then that is going to be the positive experience that you can live with forever it doesn't matter that it wasn't the water birth or it wasn't the home birth. Or, you know, yeah. it's the I experience mean, that you feel great about. I mean, you know what? It is That will be then the perfect birth. Yeah. And it doesn't matter exactly what happened because there will be no birth that goes according to plan perfectly, is there? You no. know, there's just... I mean, you, you know, yeah, no, my water birth, the, the, the water birth <laughs> quite often don't happen or the people that were meant to be there aren't quite there or some there, there are people there that weren't supposed to be there <laughs> you know, children wake up when they're not supposed to or I don't know but it can still be a really enjoy and we're laughing and do you know what that's lift, left out of this 
you know, it, yeah. it is. There's a lot of laughter around birth as well. And some aspects are rather silly or <laughs> farcical. <laughs> <laughs> I think that that's a whole new podcast episode that yeah. we need to do about the farcical aspects of birth because I think that would be, I immediately I'm like what 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 but you've seen so many births you've probably got <laughs> loads of stories so I might have to bag yeah. you again for some a, a podcast about funny birth stories. <laughs> yeah, we we I've, oh we could fill it we could definitely fill an interview with the, with that. <laughs> things that don't go to plan <laughs> brilliant 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 so what about the, the the sort of land versus water debate in terms of you know because <laughs> you know, there are people that like you know they're like oh i definitely don't want a, a home a water birth so then thinking about land you know so there's a, i've seen a couple of debates kick off in some groups recently about you know the four or you know land or water land or water have you got kind of a view on that or anything to share to women that are like well will i need to buy a pool shall i just go for it and just get in the shower and rest on my bed and my sofa and my Swiss ball. I mean, you know, have you got any kind of anything to add to this to help women think that bit through? Well, everybody seems to love their pools. And if you've drawn to having a pool, I think it's well worth having one. Uh, pe- you, you didn't manage to get <laughs> no, your... The, <laughs> the first time, though, I did. I spent loads of time in the pool and it was brilliant. Yeah, yeah. But my midwife got me to come out for the actual arrival of little one. Um, again because I needed to get into a different position I think down to heart rate um, she said oh you just need to get into a different position so yeah I got out for the, the actual birth but yeah I spent so long in there and it's such a relief and I really appreciated it um, but yeah I just didn't get a chance to go near it for the second one unfortunately so it was all <laughs> filled up and we went into the dining room afterwards and it was like a sauna in there like all that water had been evaporating into the dining room it felt all like kind of like you know like like a tropical country <laughs> Did you go in it afterwards? No, that's what no, my, no, you know, no. The story I told you afterwards, they did get in. Oh, did they? They all got in afterwards, oh, yeah, which is at least, at least the car. <laughs> you didn't get in. No, I had to be taken in because to be suited, the lady who was there. Oh, I know, I no. know, I know, I know. Well, that's one of the things then, yeah. Sometimes yeah. that can feel a bit... Uh, yeah, you you might have to go in for suturing. That's, yeah. And then you, so how was that for you in terms of, um, did it, did it spoil it or was it did well, it just no, feel... I mean, and I did obviously suturing isn't a pleasant experience and I definitely you know people are worried about the kind of the pain of birth I'm like hey birth is fine it's the suturing that I didn't like <laughs> not wanting to put fear in anyone just being upfront and honest you know but that's mm. because my births weren't painful so um they were yeah I wouldn't have labeled birth as painful but my goodness having an injection down there and being you know but then I use all my tools to help relax yeah. that area to enable her to do it and she said normally it takes me 45 minutes to do this but it only took me 20 minutes what are you doing I was like oh well um I'm doing some of my mind Jedi tricks to relax my body she said that's really <laughs> helping me do this much quicker I was like oh that's good to know oh, um, fantastic. yeah so um but yeah I totally didn't enjoy those experiences but for me it was all about uh, keeping the birth moment precious because I wanted that birth, the arrival mm-hmm. for my baby. Mm-hmm. I can deal with all sorts of stuff. So I'm okay going in and after, as long as my baby came into the world in a lovely way and and that was protected. Mm-hmm. Whatever happened to me afterwards is non-consequential, in my opinion anyway. And I just wanted that. I was like, yeah, do whatever you need to do with me. My baby's arrived, baby's happy. And we're breastfeeding yeah, and it's yeah. all okay. So that I felt okay with that. Well, I think I think that experience echoes what I hear a lot at home birth group that I think it's more likely that people will have to not have to, but be advised to go go in for some reason afterwards. It's not it's still most people don't have to. And my my aim in life is to 
is to attend the birth, see people tucked up in bed with tea and toast afterwards. I mean, I just love that picture of everybody, you know, in bed, the whole family just just happy and and, and then I, I I kind of have a feeling of, my work here is done <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. go, go Mary home. Poppins. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it's great um but you know again just to be realistic you know if you do need if it's a bit complicated or the midwife can't do it at home for some reason um or there is a bit of concern over blood loss or maybe baby needs somebody to have a look at them then it isn't un, unlike you know it's possible that people need to transfer after the birth and it's great to hear you say no it didn't impact on the overall experience um it's not necessarily what you want to do but actually it was the wise thing to do in those circumstances and and then just come home again when it's all up when it's done yeah yeah Yeah. 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 no for me it was all about the birth i just wanted that birth to be as positive for baby and for you know what happened to me afterwards was really yeah, I'm like, it's okay, I've, I've birthed the baby, it arrived, she, well not it, because it was an it until she arrived, it was only the she, um, but yeah, it, it <laughs> arrived fine, and it was all beautiful and natural, and it was how I wanted it, and after that I'm like, yeah, whatever, you know, I, I can deal with whatever comes next, so so I was, yeah, fine with that, so anyway, so and thinking yeah. about, um, so yeah, the land versus water debate then, do you, do you I, think that, um, as some, do you find some women not wanting water birth i mean if you come yeah, across yeah, that yeah yeah couple yeah but it's very it's pretty much in the minority now but yes yeah, some some women just you know they're just it doesn't appeal to them the idea so i just i don't really i think it's really helpful for many people to help them relax so if if you're in two minds i would say yeah just get a pool why not you don't have to use it you don't certainly don't have to birth in it but you might enjoy having some of the labor in it and many women do enjoy both both laboring and birthing in the pool um yeah there is something very rather nice about that isn't there because often mums can lift the baby up themselves or dads can help so or partners you know yeah but uh uh but either uh, either way whatever works for you is 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 the key and to think what what do you want how do you envision your birth what's your vision of your birth and then why not try and have that and and be yeah be flexible and things sometimes go don't go according to plan but why not just have a vision for the birth and if you see a birth in water then 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 why not plan for that mm-hmm. now I, i'm curious because i i had a, a an on-call birth my second one was born in the amniotic sac and i'm just wondering if that's what you see do you see that often? no not very often oh, no really? <laughs> no it's quite unusual well completely in the yeah sense. they had to yeah. burst the oh. sac to get her out <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I bet, I bet you didn't get a photo though, did you? What? No, no, you see, this is it. No, no, I didn't. And so I went for this birth, we didn't know what she was. And so I was like saying, what is it? What is it? What is it? And he's like, I don't know. I don't know what I'm looking at. <laughs> <laughs> and then they, they burst the sack. And then I was like, now what is it? Now what is it? And then I don't know. She's, it's weighing all over my hand. Um, so yeah, it was a bit. Of, it took a while to get to know what the baby was, but yeah. So they they split the sack to you know. And at the time, the midwife said, "Oh, you've got such a special little girl." And I'm sure all midwives say this to all babies and mums. And it's only later that when I learned that it was an amniotic sack thing that that's what she was referring to. And I I wish I'd known because I wish I'd got a picture, kept the sack. I don't know all these oh, things that I didn't. Yeah, yeah, none of that. I didn't know anything about all that. 
they're very precious, you know. You could have sold it to a sailor. They prevent drowning, you know. (laughs) That's what I've heard. I could have paid for childcare with that sack. (laughs) (laughs) Charles Dickens was born in, famously born in the call. Well, apparently so was Leonardo da Vinci and Jesus. And and all Dalai Lamas are born in the sack, apparently. They're picked because... And this is what I've read. I read all about it afterwards. And apparently um, a baby born on call is a very kind of spiritual moment in spiritual circles. And it's known in advance when there's going to be a baby arriving in the sack. And, and Dalai Lamas, it's known when the next Dalai Lama's arriving. And they've all arrived in the sack, apparently. They've all been on call births. Wow. Which wow. is... Um, so this child that was... Yeah, who knows? <laughs> no, I know. And, and weirdly, with my daughter... Um, she was really late, so 40 plus 15. I think they got the due dates wrong. That's a whole different episode. And, um, but I had two friends who were quite spiritually inclined that both predicted the arrival of her when she would arrive, and they both predicted that day. And I was like, no chance, because she's going to be way over a due date then. You're talking nonsense. <laughs> and, they, and they were both right. So oh, wow. I know. Isn't that interesting? It'd be interesting to, yeah, you'll have to <laughs> watch her progress through I know. the world. She's quite especially, I can tell that she's not, yeah, she's quite got little qualities that you think, hmm, going to keep my eye on you, miss. <laughs> I did have one uh, fairly recently, um, but the sack kind of, I think, that, yeah, no, I'm having to sort of remember it, but the um, I think the dad did peel the sack off, but it was in the pool, so ah, you didn't get this. The balloon It must have look. been quite, yeah, so yeah. I couldn't really see it as well as, but you sort of ripped took the sack off before lifting the baby up so yeah so but it was quite dark I couldn't really see <laughs> see see very well I was thinking what's he doing so that was that's quite nice as well he mm. he did that and then the, then it was in the water afterwards we we, yeah. we just I don't know if they kept it. I can't remember. I think they did, actually. Did they? Mm. Okay. Well, listen, I just realised how long we've been chatting, Nikki, yes. and this has been absolutely lovely. And I'm sure we could chat for days, So, but we'll have to call it, call it a day for today, I think. It's been about twice as long as I thought it would be. No, I know. We could go on, couldn't we? I know, exactly. So we better kind of wrap up there. Yeah. So just a massive thank you, Nikki, for coming on and sharing your wisdom and birth, thoughts on birth and everything. It's just been an absolute pleasure. Now, if anybody wants to find out more about you, where can they find you online? Ah, well, I have a website, birthgrace.com. Uh, did you hear that? Birthgrace.com, yeah. And uh, Facebook, I'm Nikki, just Nikki Grace on Facebook. If you uh, and, and I've got a Grace Academy is my Facebook page, actually. So I've got a little, little training academy for midwives to share the love, share the midwifery love. with. Uh, so it's called Grace Academy of Midwifery and Birth on Facebook. So Perfect. fine. Okay, well, I'll include all those links in the show notes. And once again, thank you so much for joining me on the Fear Free Childbirth podcast. Oh, thank you so much. It's been an absolute delight. Thank you, Alexia. <laughs> I love it. Thank you. Now, wasn't that just a fabulous conversation? Now, as you may have gathered, Nikki and I were talking for quite a while. So I did take some of our conversation out because otherwise it would have gone on for quite some time. So there is a really great part of the conversation where we talked quite in depth about home birth. Now, that little conversation is going to be in the member area that I told you about at the beginning of the show. So if you want to hear Nikki talking all about home birth, then that is accessible to members of the community. Now, if you want to join the fear-free childbirth community, then you can do that really, really easy, especially if you're in the US 
US, you can just text my name to triple four triple nine. So my name, Alexia, A-L-E-X-I-A to triple four triple nine. You'll get a couple of messages. Basically, you'll have to text me your email address and then you will receive an email with your login details. If you're not in the US, then you can join the Fear Free Childbirth community at the Fear Free Childbirth website just on the homepage. Look at any look for any areas that allow you to join the community and you will receive your login details. And once you're in there, you can have access to the free podcast resources and also all that the whole of the podcast archive organised by topic. Um, so that should make it much easier for you to find the things that you need. OK, I hope you've enjoyed this first episode back after a bit of a long break and I'll see you next time. Bye for now. You've just been listening to me, Alexia Leachman, here on the Fear Free Childbirth Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Now, this is just a wee reminder that if you'd like to listen to bonus podcast episodes and have access to loads of birth preparation downloads, my video mini-series on reducing your fears and so much more, then join the Fearless Mamaship community today. You can join at fearfreechildbirth.com. Until next time, bye for now.